Floorboards, the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Happy 4th of July weekend, everybody. Hope that you are having a very restful and fun weekend with a little bit of home improvement projects sprinkled in between. If that's you, we can help, though. Pick up the phone and call us and help yourself first, though. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. Before you pick up a paintbrush, pick up the phone. But if you are going to pick up a paintbrush, we've got some tips for you this hour about how you use color. If you're going to paint an interior room this summer, we want to suggest that you consider the fifth wall. Mm. What's the fifth wall, you might ask? Well, it's your ceiling, and it's a great place to add a shade of color that can really add a layered effect to your total color scheme and give your room some new personality. We'll have some tips on how you can do that in just a bit. Mm-hmm. I love to do that. I always like talk my clients into it. They always seem apprehensive, but it makes such a beautiful finished product. Well, this weekend, I bet a lot of you guys are using the grill out there, so we're going to give you some easy tips for grilling safely, including how to make sure that your pro Propane lines, your burners, and your tank are all in good shape. We want you to have a good time, but we want you to be safe. And later, hardwood floors have come a long way. You know, it used to be that installing, sanding, and finishing them required a boatload of work, not to mention some very specialized tools. But now that is all behind us, thanks to major advances in pre-finished hardwood floors for your home. We're going to have some tips on the latest technology a little later in the program. Plus this hour, we're giving away a prize pack from our friends over at AM Conservation that's going to help you save water, energy, and money. It's worth 40 bucks. going to go out to one caller who has the courage, the fortitude, the determination, the pure DIY joy to pick up the phone and call us right now with their question. The number is one eight 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 money pit Leslie, who's first? Ed and I, well, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I have... A insulated concrete form um, home, Great. and have a dimple fabric. Uh, think of like egg carton made into a plastic roll. It's called right. platen, and it's attached with their clip system to the outside of the foundation walls for waterproofing. That was followed on by a trowel on coating to transition to the vinyl siding before backfilling. So that sounds all fine and great, but as the backfilled earth settled, it pulled on this platen material, breaking the nice flat top edge seal. Hmm. against the ICF block and tearing that trowel-on coating. Hmm. So now I no longer have an aesthetically pleasing transition, and mice are actually using the torn spots in this trowel-on coating to gain access to the inside of the house, Wow! crawling up the outside of the home until they get access to the attic, if you can believe it, on a two-story. Wow. So what, what can I do about this? Uh, you can use an epoxy patching compound and put it back together again. That's what I would use. You can't, mm-hmm. obviously, you can't uh, use more concrete, but you could use an epoxy product. And that's the only thing that'll cause everything to stick back together. Yeah, there's a website called Abitron, A-B-A-T-R-O-N, that has a lot of industrial strength products like that. You can uh, find one for, for th- that will work in this particular application. But how do you like the ICF home? I mean, we covered those years and years ago. Insulated concrete form homes, for those of you that are not aware, or I always describe them as sort of Lego blocks for adults. You stack these hollow blocks up, and then they're filled with concrete, and they become the walls. And you can get a house that's pretty well insulated. Are you finding that you get good energy savings in this home? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, it's a 
5,200 square feet, and my utilities average 130 bucks a month. That's wow, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, that when I saw that technology, I saw, thought to myself, if I was building another house today, that's definitely the way I would go. Insulated concrete form uh, homes are just fantastic. They're also storm proof and uh, very, very weather resistant as well. So it sounds like uh, you know uh, one minor maintenance hassle Ed, that you got to deal with here, but I think an epoxy patching compound is your solution. So when I apply that, am I trying to repair this? this trowel on material with that, which actually pulled away from the house? Or what am, what, what am I doing? Or am I, am I peeling off that stuff first? Yeah, I think you can repair the material. I think you can also seal any gaps that have now formed between the trowel on material and the exterior wall. Because epoxy is a product that has very, very excellent adhesion. So you'll have a lot of flexibility as to where you can use it. Okay. I'll, I'll absolutely give that a whirl because prior to calling you guys, I was planning on excavating like, you know, and, and reapplying another layer of platen that sounds way easier than that. Yeah, and let's try that. Let's try this first, because even if you reapply, remember, you're going to still have the same adhesion issues. I think you'll find the epoxy products are the way to rock on this one. Guys, thank you so much. You're welcome, Ed. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Lorraine and George is calling in with a flooring question. What can we do for you? Uh, we are in the process of remodeling a 108-year-old farmhouse and we want to do it right. It was my grandfather's. We're going to be renting it, so we're trying to watch our expenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the kitchen, we had to go down to the um, floor joist, and we are going to put back on top of it a um, subfloor or okay. called the Vantech. Uh-huh. And what we're initially we're talking about doing was putting cement board on top of that and then doing a 20 by 20 porcelain tile. Okay. But I've heard about a product called Sluter Ditra, and they're, they're saying that, you know, tiles won't ever break if you use that. And I'm trying to watch what we're putting into this house because it is going to be rental. But we're trying to figure what would be better to put cement board and then the porcelain tile, their large tile, or do the um, Sluter Dietrichs. Lorraine, it's a good question. The Schluter Ditra that you're referring to is essentially a membrane that goes under the tile, but it's pretty complicated to install because on top of the plywood subfloor, you would have to put mortar, then you'd have to put the membrane, then more mortar than the tile. Um, another thing to consider is that if you are going to use 20-inch tile, that floor has to be absolutely rock solid because the bigger the tile, the easier they break. And so if you have any flex whatsoever, you're going to have broken tiles. And especially since you mentioned that this is going to be a rental situation, you don't want to have that kind of maintenance. So what I would suggest, especially since you're starting from scratch, is why not just do a standard, old-fashioned, but always reliable mud floor where you put in a mud underlayment. It's reinforced with, uh, with mesh. And then once it dries, it's rock solid. There's no bend. There's no flex. And you can put your tiles down right on top of that. Mm-hmm. And I imagine the cost is going to be far less than going for something as high tech as that substrate you're talking about. Okay. So that might be the better way to go. All right, Lorraine. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Now you can call in your home repair, home improvement, whatever you are working on question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at 1-888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. Coming up, is your ceiling just plain old white? Well, there are no rules that say your decorating has to stop at the walls. We're going to teach you how to use that ceiling as a fifth wall that'll add color to your decor and make the total room pop after this. Hey, 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 money pit. Hey, 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 money pit. 
The Money Pit is brought to you by Generac, makers of the number one selling Guardian Series home standby generators. Now introducing a full line of consumer and professional power washers. Whether you need to power it, clean it, or protect it, Generac can help. Visit Generac.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we love to give you great prizes to help you be home improvement savvy. Because Tom and I both grew up in homes where our moms would say, rinse those dishes, rinse those dishes before you put them in the dishwasher. And I think it was just a ploy to get us to do more work. In fact, up to 6,500 gallons of water a year are wasted pre-rinsing those dishes, mom. So you don't have to do that. And that's according to the folks over at Consumer Reports who say there's no need to pre-rinse those dishes. But if you want to get the excess food off of them, give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT because this hour we are giving away a do-it-yourself deluxe home energy and water savings kit. And there are all kinds of things in there that you're going to need to help you out with those projects like the dish squeegee, which is a flexible silicone scraper that will pre-clean those dishes without water. And the prize pack is worth $40. And it's great on this Independence Day weekend. Really think about conserving energy and giving back to America. 888-666-3974. Well, paint is a very inexpensive way to update the look of your room, as well as a good way to keep your home maintained. And according to the experts at Bear, the latest trend in paint to consider is your ceiling and Mm -hmm. using that as what they are calling the fifth wall. That means add some color to it. It doesn't always have to be stark white. If you use the ceiling for a layer of color, it's a very unique way to accent your home's personality. And you've been doing this for quite a while, haven't you, Leslie? It's always been like a decorator's trick of the trade. And it's not for every client and it's not for every person. Some people really need some convincing to jump on board with this concept. But if you're feeling timid about it, you know, generally in a master bedroom, you're going for a color on a wall that's really soft and soothing that's going to help you relax but create a beautiful tranquil space now in a master bedroom like that especially if I've got an amazing like chandelier or fixture in there for lighting that's dimmable to set the mood I'll paint the ceiling in there like a soft, blushy, peachy, pale pink, you know, depending on the wall color. You want to find something that's in the lightest hue where it's like a tinted white almost. And that really does a wonderful job of just softening the lighting that's cast in that room and really giving you a nice warm feeling when you're in that space. Now, the same thing goes if you're painting, say, a small powder room, a really bold color, go ahead and paint the ceiling the same exact color. And you're going to think, oh, it's going to make that room room feel really small. You know, it does quite the opposite. It actually enlarges the space and makes it feel much bigger. You just have to have the courage to actually do it, which a lot of people get fearful of, but you can do it. And you know what? In the bottom line, if you don't like it, you can always paint over it. But simply start by working with a color that really complements your wall color and going in a super, super, super soft shade. You can go even with something that has a hint of metallic just to give you a reflecting point for light. Don't be afraid. Choose a great lighting fixture. Always put it on a dimmer and use that ceiling as your fifth wall because it's a great opportunity to really personalize your rooms. Now, if you are going to take on that painting project, there are a number of great products that can help. In fact, the latest addition to Bear's Premium Plus Ultra Paint and Primer in one line uh, has some time-saving products you might want to take a look at. Bear's Stain Blocking Ceiling Paint, for example, is a great 
place to start. The paint actually features NanoGuard technology, and that's formulated to block most household and water stains, which is a very, very common homeowner complaint. We've heard it time and time again. People paint over things and they come back. Well, if you use the NanoGuard technology in the bare stain blocking ceiling paint, that's just not going to happen. This paint is also spatter and drip resistant, which is, by the way, the reason they call it ceiling paint. It actually doesn't drip as much. It makes it perfect for use on the ceiling, and it dries to form an antimicrobial mildew resistant layer, which stops that mold from growing on it, and it's backed by a lifetime guarantee. The flat sheen also hides any minor surface imperfections. That can be very important on a ceiling, especially if you have light, a lightning fixture there where the light comes on and casts across it. If you have any imperfections, you're going to see them, but if you've got a flat sheen, you won't. And, of course, to Leslie's point, it can be tinted in many, many colors. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if color seems fearful for you, Bear has a great color smart feature that's available as a mobile application. It's really the first of its kind because you can take a picture of your room with your iPhone, then use this app and you can touch and tap technology to preview those colors on your own walls, on your ceiling, on your trim to see exactly what your room is going to look like. And best of all, it's free at the Apple App Store. So visit bear.com for some more great ideas and information today. 888-666-3974. Give us a call if you need some additional information on how to tackle your next project. Ken in South Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? So I've got a, a house that uh, I want to put a back porch on, but I want to have a covered back porch on it. Okay. And I'm looking at a, at a back porch that's going to be about 40 foot long and about 12 foot deep. And and basically the, the deck part of it, I don't have a problem with that, but I don't feel comfortable uh, doing the roof part and tying that into the to the rest of my roof. Okay. And I guess my, my questions kind of revolve around, if, if I go ahead and build the deck myself, do I need to go ahead and put in 4x4 four four or 6x6 six six beams that are going to support the roof? Or can I just build a deck, and when the guy comes to do the roof, will he just put beams on top of the porch and build it on the existing structure? Or what's the best way to go about doing that, I guess? The best way to do this is to have a design that incorporates both the deck and the porch roof structure above it. Because, you know, what you would do is you would have columns that basically went from grade up, supported the deck, and all the way up and supported the girder that will hold the roof. So I would invest um, some time into getting a design uh, complete that is going to address this whole thing. Okay. All right. right. You frame the whole thing first. Yeah, I know what you're saying because you're you're comfortable doing the deck. You feel like you have the skill set to do that. Uh, you're asking, can you do it in steps? You can. That's what most people do because they des- they decide to put the roof on as an afterthought. But if you do have this vision of doing it all, I would definitely build it all at the same time. It's going to come out a lot better, and it's going to look like it was always supposed to be that way as opposed to something that was an afterthought. Okay, okay. And let me have you follow up on that. What is your take? If I'm building a deck of that size, is it really worth it to go with the composite material? Well, it depends. I mean, how how do you feel about maintenance? You know, the composite material is going to give you a lot of longevity, and it's come a long way, and there's a lot of options, and uh, I think it's definitely something to consider. I mean, in general, it's about twice the price, right? Yeah, it's more expensive, but there's no staining, there's no sealing, there's no cracked boards. I mean, it looks 10 years down the line, it looks just as good as the day you put it down. Okay. Okay. All right, well, I think that answers what I was looking for then. You're very welcome, Ken. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we've got Estelle from New Jersey on the line who's got a brick question. What can we do for you? Yes, I have a 1937 Victorian-style duplex, and I've had it about four and a half years, and it has a red clay brick basement. Every time I go down there, there's powder on my shoes that track the carpet. 
and it's it's sort of powdering off, and there's piles of red clay dust in the corners. Yeah, that's probably mostly efflorescence. You may be getting some moisture that's getting into those walls, and it could be freezing and spalling a little bit at mm-hmm. the same time. And so that's kind of what you're seeing. And I would address the moisture issues on the outside of your house first. And so, that's, yeah, Estelle, that's really easy to tackle. You want to make sure that the house has, you know, gutters and that they're clean and that the downspouts are free flowing. And you want to look at where those downspouts deposit the water. You want to make sure that, you know, it's not just hitting right next to the foundation wall. You want to go out three feet or more if you can. Um, you want to look at the grading around the perimeter of your house, make sure it slopes away from the house. You know, just by maintaining those things, you'll see a much drier basement. Now, Tom, can she use um, a vase? Paper permeable, permeable sort of coating or painting, you know, a clear coat on top of that brick on the interior? Yeah, absolutely. You could uh, use like a Thompson's water seal or product like that. And what that does is that will help seal in any looseness on the surface, but also um, help prevent some of the normal evaporation of moisture through those walls and out. Oh, okay. That sounds great. But you can't do one without the other. You really need to start with the drainage issues first, okay? Okay. That's great. All right, good luck with that project. Estelle, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. All right, now we've got David on the line who's dealing with a driveway versus a tree scenario. Tell us what's going on. Uh, thanks for taking my call, you guys. Yeah, the house was built in 1974, and I'm sure the driveway was probably poured the same time, so it's a concrete driveway. And the problem I'm having is I've got beautiful oak trees all along that line the driveway, but the driveway is starting to get some buckles, starting to get some cracks, the worst places I've fixed, and there's no possible way I can match the concrete, so I'm getting this checkerboard. That checkerboard's probably a kind word, just real <laughs> nasty-looking pattern. I don't know where I should go from here if I need to replace the driveway, which I don't have the money to do, or is there some other alternative that I could be looking at? Do you like your trees? I do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's... That's really not part of the scenario, and that was yeah. This is the the price you pay. You know, this is the price you pay. Um, I mean, look, you can keep trying to seal it and fill it and repair it and patch it, but it's just going to look worse and worse and worse. And eventually, you're going to want to just replace it. You know, if you do replace it, you might want to think about. You love the trays; it's going to continue to keep happening. You might want to think about just replacing it with paver bricks, because you can take apart your driveway. You know, every few years when the roots get crazy and cut them down a bit and then basically put it all back together again the same way you you took it apart. All right. Well, thank you guys so much. I I greatly, greatly appreciate it. You're very welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 1-888-MONEYPIT. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Still ahead, there has never been a question about this, Leslie. Hardwood floors add value to your home. but Yeah, they sure do. Did you ever ask yourself why? Well, part of the reason is that for decades, they were a very expensive luxury item. But not any more pre-finished hardwood floors are here to stay. And we'll have tips on the latest technology in pre-finished floors after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Skills Complete Line of Routers with Soft Start Technology. You experience less kickback and better control. Pro features at a DIY price. That's what the Skill Routers are about. 
Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And I'm sorry to break it to you folks, but it is allergy season. We are full-blown in the middle of it. Pollen counts are high, and those who suffer are suffering big time. You know, seasonal allergies may be hard to deal with, but what if you are allergic to dust? That is around 24-7, 365 days a year. And twice as much dust if you're in a house like mine with three kids in it. <laughs> so obviously you invest in tissues if you have, do. have any allergies. Well, and you know, another good idea if you do suffer with dust allergies, and even dust mite allergy sufferers, is to get rid of as many fabrics that you have in your home as you can. You know, for example, why not replace your wall-to-wall carpeting with hardwood floors? Because not only are you going to cut down on the dust that gets held in by the carpet, but it's actually going to add a valuable and really beautiful look to your room. Now your only problem is what kind of wood floors should you go with? Well, to find out, we welcome Tom Sullivan. Tom is the founder and chairman of Lumber Liquidators, a one-stop resource for all types of wood and laminate flooring. He joins us now to tell us about one good option, which is pre-finished hardwood. Hey, Tom. Hey, Tom. Hey, Leslie. Welcome to the program. Uh, We've been talking about hardwood floors. Uh, You know, we get more questions about hardwood uh, and flooring than really any other topic uh, on the show and have for quite a few years. And, and back when we started the, the show 10 years ago, pre-finished was just kind of getting its start. And it was hard to draw a distinction, in my mind at least, between pre-finished and on-site finished because they were fairly comparable. But now, completely turned around, the finishes that you guys are putting on floors are unbelievable. They are so incredibly tough that uh, they really are uh, almost lifetime quality, wouldn't you say? Yes, definitely. With... Um you know, regular use, you will get a definitely get a lifetime of use out of them, at least. Now, talk to us about the Bellawood product in particular, because that one has been uh, getting the most press uh, from you guys. Yeah, Bellawood is uh, a line of flooring we've, we've carried for a while. Um, it's, it has a lot of exotic flooring in it. The finish is what really separates it from anywhere else, as well as the quality of the, the, the wood. But the finish is the big thing. It has um, a high amount of aluminum oxide in it which gives it a, a very strong taper test and we've just it had a 50-year warranty and we've just increased that to a 100-year warranty we changed some stuff in the finish and our taper test has always been you know about double anyone else's and sometimes triple did you say a 100-year warranty yeah 100-year warranty wow. and it is transferable so if you buy it put it in your house and you sell your house you can transfer it to um the the new buyer oh that's great that is the only only warranty in the flooring business that you can do that with. Now, being a flooring guy, uh, you use these cha- these uh, terms like we talk about milk and butter, so I want to back you up for a second, and you mentioned Tabor test. Now, uh, I know what a Tabor abrasion test is, but I'm willing to bet that most of our listeners <laughs> don't know what that is. I think it's an important uh, point to understand because it really is the proof uh, of how tough a finish is. Can you explain that process and how it's used to determine how long the, uh, the finish can stand up to time? Yeah, basically what it is is a wheel that rotates. It has a weighted wheel with sandpaper on it, and each rotation is one taper. And so typically ours is around 1,600, which means 600 rotations with that wheel before it goes through the finish into the wood. So a fancy way of saying we try our best to sand the finish off and see how long (laughs) it'll stand up. And now... With your 100-year warranty, which I really think is fantastic because 
I mean, it's really unheard of, but you're right. This transferring option is just the first of its kind because when you do sell the home and you put the product in, you know, it's sort of like, oh, well, now you've got the product and you're the new owner, but it's the warranty doesn't stand up. So is there a sort of a strenuous process that the new homeowner is going to have to sort of jump through to make sure that this warranty continues? No, no, nothing. It just transfers so they the next person could just take the take the warranty and use it. It's... Um, we started seeing a lot of when in the um, advertising for people selling the houses, they would put, you know, in the as the features in the house that it had bellywood flooring. So we do know it's you know it's a selling point for a house to have hardwood flooring and, it, and even more so with bellywood. And now if we can make it transferable, it's even a better selling point. Now, Tom, tell me about the uh, the UV resistance of these products because sometimes we get calls from folks um, that you know pick up a a throw rug and find a distinctly uh, different colored floor underneath, and are just wondering what they can do about that. That really comes into the UV resistance issue, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, you'll get it's a, it has some UV resistance in it, but it's it's the wood that's changing, like American cherry, Brazilian cherry, and some other woods. Uh, Brazilian coal is another one um, that when it's it, it is exposed to the sun. It will change. It will get those, all those, those three woods will get darker, much darker. You could take a piece of that wood, put it outside in the sun, cover half of it, and you'll notice even in the day that's a, a big difference from the part that's um, exposed to the sun. So uh, chalk it up to uh, charm. Yeah, that, it, I mean, <laughs> it creates a beautiful color as it ages. You know, the cherries are, are become even nicer. Um, it's not a defect in the wood. It's just it's a natural product that it will change. Um, one, you know, we tell people, either depending on how much sun the room has, you know, you're going to um, when you put it in, it's going to look very light. But when it gets exposed to the sun, it's going to get darker. And you may want to keep the rugs, you know, throw rug out of out of that room until it changes. But even if you have it there and you move the rug later, you will have a, a spot there. But it'll all blend in once it that exposed area gets exposed to the sun as well good advice tom sullivan founder and chairman of lumber liquidators thanks so much tom for stopping by the money pit sure thank you take a look at the bellawood pre-finished hardwood product at lumberliquidators.com soon to bear the 100 year warranty all right tom thanks so much for stopping by the money pit hey still ahead are your electric bills sending shockwaves through your wallet well led bulbs save money in two ways they actually use less energy and they don't need to be replaced as often we're going to tell you all about it after this you live in a money pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Skill. And now you can easily cut through the most difficult projects with ease with the Power Cutter from Skill. With powerful lithium-ion technology and an auto-sharp blade system, Skill's lightweight power cutter will soon become your favorite tool, too. The Skill Power Cutter. It cuts just about anything. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, did you know that a hidden source of energy loss is through outlets on outside walls? Mm-hmm. If you give us a call at one eight 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 Money Pit this hour, we're giving away the DIY Deluxe Home Energy and Water Saving Kit from AM Conservation. There are all kinds of things in there to help you out, including the plug guard, which is an outlet plate that will seal out drafts and actually act as a child safety accessory. It's pretty cool. It's spring-loaded with doors that slide open when you 
you need them to plug in stuff and then automatically close when you don't. The total kit is worth 40 bucks. going to go out to one caller, drawn at random, of those we talked to on the air this hour. So pick up the phone and make that you. The number is one eight 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 money pit all right pick up the phone and give us a call and maybe you are looking for some more energy saving tips and you know another great way to save energy is to use led bulbs around your house and now more and more americans are actually switching to these led bulbs which is good news because soon you're not going to have a choice because incandescent bulbs are not going to be available starting next year they're going to phase out gradually but starting next year in fact these led bulbs offer great energy savings because they use up to 85% less energy than those incandescent bulbs that I do love and everybody else loves. <laughs> but we have to make a change. And they also last much longer. They'll burn for like 25,000 hours, which is about 25 times longer, which is huge. Than a normal bulb. Right. And LED bulbs don't contain mercury and they don't put off ultraviolet rays. So you don't have to worry about fading your furnishings or your floors. And if you were thinking that they only gave off that kind of unnatural looking color, well, you're wrong. These LED bulbs, they come in a wide range of color temperatures, which make it super easy to find that color temperature of lighting that's going to work for you. Now, the Home Depot has a huge selection of LED bulbs. And one of the ones that I like that's just rolling out now is this Philips 12.5 watt light. It's an ambient LED light bulb in the A19 size, and that's how you know what fixture it will fit. It's and that's a 60, like a regular light bulb. That's like a regular light bulb, right. And it's an excellent replacement, like for a 60-watt light bulb you might have in a table lamp or a ceiling fan. It's got very soft white light when it's on, and it's kind of, sort of just like an incandescent bulb, but unlike the incandescent bulb, this thing will save $130 in energy costs over per its bulb? life. 130 bucks per bulb That's huge. over the cost of a regular bulb. And it lasts more than 20 years. The Philips 12.5 watt ambient uh, LED A19 is totally dimmable, which is also important. Great. That's what stopped me uh, from putting uh, as many uh, energy efficient bulbs in my house because I have so many dimmable fixtures. I need to yeah, make sure too. that they could dim. And that makes it very ideal for ceiling fixtures and pendant lights and things like that. It's got a very rugged design. There's no filament that's very fragile or glass that could easily break. And, and this is important, it's the very first Energy Star certified light bulb. So you can visit Home Depot today. Check that out. It's the Philips A19. I think this product is going to do very, very well. And I'm definitely going to uh, pick up some, I think, this weekend for my kitchen. That's the next room we're going to convert over. All right. Good got for all you, these Tom. high hats in there that are on dimmers. And you know what? The LED, uh, like the, the hi-hat bulb, the Parkan, mm -hmm. the right. LED Parkan is gorgeous. They're really good. Really cool looking. Look great on the cabinets. Good. All right. Good luck with that. 888-666-3974. All right. Now we've got Britton from California on the line who's got a question about a deck. How can we help you today? Yes. My husband and I bought a house about two years ago, and um, it's a beautiful deck. However, it looks like it hasn't been painted in probably 10 to 15 years. It's white. Um, the paint has been severely weathered and chipped. Um, and then on top of that, it's very intricate. Uh, it's not just a typical plain wood. It's engraved and everything. And my husband and I are trying to figure out how to go about to strip the paint without harming the wood and um, so that we can repaint it um, nice, clean white. Well, first of all, you don't have to strip it off 100%. You just have to get off all the loose stuff. 
And then after you get the loose stuff off, you can prime it. And the priming is going to take that old paint and really seal it in well and give you a fresh new surface to put the top coat of paint on. And if you do those that sort of two-step process with stripping it down, getting rid of all of the loose stuff, then priming and painting, uh, I think you'll have a, a deck that can last many, many additional years. Thanks. My follow-up question would be, what's the best way to go about stripping? It's a two-tiered deck. Um, I mean, it has a lot, it has a lot to, uh, to just have be doing it hand with my hand. Is there another way that I could do it um, without having to ask a professional? <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, if you head over to any home center and go into the painting aisle, they're going to have, you know, a professional stripping product, which comes in a can, and you roll it on with a roller, and you usually let it sit for whatever time the specified, you know, directions tell you on the can itself. And then you would go at it with a pressure washer, and that'll take off all of the paint. Or sometimes you have to scrape it off, but there's a lot of different approaches depending on the type of chemical stripper that you get. And that's really what you're going to need. You just want to make sure that you protect, you know, any of your plantings around it because, you know, some of it could be caustic to, you know, the natural items around it. So you want to make sure that you just do a good job of applying, following the directions, and it'll come right off. You may need to do it more than once, but it'll come off. Oh, my gosh, that's so helpful. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Well, a quick update to a dated kitchen. You know what that is? New countertops. We're going to give you tips to help you measure and install them yourself next. Pick up the telephone. Fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. The Money Pit is brought to you by ODL's Add-on Blinds. Enclosed behind tempered glass, they eliminate the need for dusting and exposed cords, both problems with traditional blinds. Plus, they easily install over your existing entry glass. Visit www.odl.com to learn more. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, where home solutions live. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEY-PIT or head on over to moneypit.com and post your question to our community section, just like Sandra did, who says, I recently replaced the countertops in the kitchen. Unfortunately, the new backsplash is shorter in length than the old backsplash. Now there's about a two-inch gap on the end of the counter. What can I do to cover up the hole? A KitchenAid mixer. I find it really (laughs) odd that the countertop is okay, but the backsplash, backsplash is not. Backsplash is off. Yeah. Large appliance. You know, whenever you have a mistake like this in construction, you want to come up with a solution that is so creative that it always looks like it was supposed hmm. to be there. So, for example, what if you were to tile the wall above the backsplash? I'm assuming it's a small backsplash, right? A short one. So what if you were to tile up and around it and fill in those gaps and then center the short piece in between the two walls? Look like it was always supposed to be there and you can get away with it. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's a really good idea. The only issue is if that piece is already affixed to the backsplash. But that really makes sense. You want to sort of even it out so that you're not drawing attention to just one side. And again, in all doubt, a KitchenAid mixer does a great job of hiding a corner. <laughs> all right. This post is from Elio who writes, I have a wooden walkway in front of my Jersey Shore summer home. Because of the flooding, which is common in the area, it keeps coming up and apart. I've tried securing it using wooden stakes and rebar. Any other suggestions for securing it? 
Well, I've seen these homes, and whenever you make these wooden walkways, you essentially have to make them in sort of the sort of like movable pallets, mm-hmm. and you really have to build them very, very structurally soundly. You have to use long screws to secure them to a solid underside. If you do that, they will ride up and down with the soil. But if you just try to throw some two by fours down the flat and then bank some slats on top of it, it's not going to work. You've got to make them in a modular way, Elio, so that they essentially they can be picked up uh, in the off season and then put back down in the summer. All right, and Elio, I hope that Snooky and the rest of the cast of the Jersey Shore don't end up knocking on your door. <laughs> well, every year over 500 fires are caused by gas grills. And no, we're not talking about the kind of fires we use to cook the steaks. <laughs> we're talking about the unplanned fires. Leslie's got some tips to help keep you safe in today's edition of Leslie's Last Word. That's right. You know, grilling, while it's a lot of fun, it can actually be kind of dangerous if you don't do it correctly and you don't take some proper steps. So what you can do to make sure that you stay safe is make sure that you keep your propane gas container upright. You never want to store the spare gas container under or near your grill or indoors. And when you run to the gas station for a refill, don't keep that full container inside your hot car because the heat will cause the gas pressure to increase, which might then open that relief valve and then allow all of that gas to escape. Also, you want to keep in mind not to use the grill in your garage, in a breezeway, a carport, your porch, or under a surface that can catch fire. And if your propane tank is more than 20 years old, it's time to replace it. You know, today's tanks include an overfill protection valve, which is going to prevent excessive pressure from building. And the tanks also come with a built-in check valve to absolutely make sure that there are no leaks on that tank. So it makes a lot of sense. When you go to get it refilled, just swap it out. Most of them do the swap out program anyway, so participate in that. And remember, have a great time. Don't overcook your steaks. Don't turn them until they're just asking for it. And if you've got to pry it (laughs) off of the top of the grill, it's not ready to flip yet. Enjoy it and have a great meal. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. Coming up next week on the program, hey, if you've ever felt that first burst of water from a garden hose that was stretched across your lawn on a sunny day, you know exactly how solar hot water heating works. Coming up next time on the Money Pit, we're going to have tips on how you can use that energy to deliver a virtually never-ending supply of hot water for your home. And no, it doesn't involve you stretching out a garden hose all across the roof. We have a much more sophisticated way to get the job done. We'll tell you about that on the next edition of The Money Pit. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone.